Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code WELCOME to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code WELCOME at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Yeah, good evening and welcome to the Big Red Bench this Sunday evening on a very, very busy Sunday of sport. We are going to round up a massively busy day of local Gaelic games with the final round of games in the Premier Senior Hurling Championship. Dennis Hurley will be joining us very shortly to review all of them and the various permutations that comes out of that. We're also going to be looking back at Ireland's win over Azerbaijan last night. Joe Gamble will be here to review that. We'll hear from Stephen Kenny and Chidoze Ogbene as well. We're also going to reflect on a big, big win for Munster today in the United Rugby Championship. A 30-point winning margin there for Munster. And we look ahead to the Irish under 17s in action in Turner's Cross tonight against North Macedonia. All that plus plenty more coming up on the bench between now and 7 pm. Good evening, it's Colm O'Sullivan with you on the Big Red Bench on a hectic Sunday of sport. Actually, loads of stuff to get through between now and 7 o'clock. As I said, we will have a reaction very shortly to all those uh, local hurling games. A lot of action today around the city and indeed the county as well. Loads of games going on and uh, there was loads of kind of uh, back and forth and changing of tables and positions in the tables and who was going through and who wasn't going through and so on uh, right across the afternoon so we'll find out comprehensively and, and definitively who who has um, progressed and who hasn't progressed and so on uh, with Dennis Hurley very very shortly we're also going to have Joe Gamble joining us on the line to um, reflect and give us analysis on a big big win for Ireland last night in Azerbaijan although Joe is telling me that it's a game that Ireland should always win against Azerbaijan and I agree with him but we didn't beat him a few weeks ago so or last month I should say but uh Ireland did beat them last night a big 3-0 win for Ireland over in Azerbaijan in Baku uh, with two goals from uh, Callum Robinson uh, two great goals from Callum Robinson Callum Robinson actually really good goals from him and then a Corkman adding the third goal for Ireland last night which was great as well uh, Chidoze Ogbeni uh, formerly of Cork City and uh, now playing in the UK with Rotherham United uh, he came off the bench last night and he scored a lovely header uh, for Stephen Kenny's team to give them that uh, big win in Azerbaijan, Ireland 3, Azerbaijan nil. So Joe will be chatting about that with us. We'll also hear from Stephen Kenny, his reaction, and we'll hear some reaction from uh, the man himself, Chirose Ogbeni, who got the goal too. Uh, we'll hear from Colin O'Brien uh, reflecting on the Irish under-17s big win uh, against Andorra. Uh, 5-0 win for them down in Turner's Cross on um, Thursday night. I was down there myself watching that game and it was a comprehensive win for Ireland. Uh, did very, very well against Andorra and another Cork City connection there. Uh, Marco Manny amongst the scorers and uh, his city teammate Cahal Heffernan captaining the Republic of Ireland the other night as well. Uh, so they're playing again tonight in Turner's Cross. If you want to get down there, kickoff in is, is in about an hour's time. 7pm, the Irish under-17s, an international game against North Macedonia this evening. And as I said, I was down at the game uh, myself on Thursday night. They were brilliant, lots of goals, uh, very entertaining. So if you're looking for something to do this evening, maybe get yourself down to Turner's Cross for that game.
North Macedonia and the Republic of Ireland under 17s and you'll see uh, some Cork lads the likes of uh, Mark, Mark Urbani and Carl Heffern and a few more as well uh, playing for Ireland down there tonight so 7pm kickoff for that one we'll hear from Colin O'Brien ahead of that game uh, chatting to Rory as well in just a little while we'll have a reaction to a big win for Munster today uh, beating Scarlet's 43 points to 13 in the United Rugby Championship we're also going to have uh, more Gaelic games later on in the show looking ahead to Monday's Premier Minor Hurling Final we'll hear from both the Bride Rovers and Glen Rovers camps and uh, that's uh, the gist of what's to come between now and 7 o'clock and plenty more as well but first of all let's round up the day's sport and as I mentioned it was the final round of games being played in the Premier Senior Hurling Championship group stages today. The big game of the day was reigning champions, the Rockies, Black Rock, uh, up against their city rivals, uh, St. Finbars, going head-to-head. So a big game for the Rockies. Uh, and they were winners over the Bars in Porky Cueve today. Uh, 3.22 to 21 points is how it finished. And uh, Alan Connolly scoring there, 2-9 for the Rockies. Uh, last gas point from Aaron's own. Saw them draw with Charleville today. Aaron's own, 123. Charleville, 220. Uh, which sees now Aaron's own progress uh, as uh, group winners there I think in Blackrock second um, we'll clarify all that with Dennis Hurley very very shortly um, elsewhere SARS will uh, go straight through to the semi-finals uh, they had a good win today 321 to 214 over Middleton elsewhere it finished Douglas 20 points uh, Bishopstown 110 Glen Rovers 220 Newtown Shandrum 219 and Apiershik 21 points Carrie Toole 16 points in rugby as I mentioned a few minutes ago Munster with a big win uh, against Scarlets over in Wales today uh, 43 points to 13 a 30 point winning margin for Munster so a big big win for them today um, in the United Rugby Championship and that's three wins from three uh, for Munster now this season so they're going well uh, Liam Coombs went over the line twice for Johan van Grand's side as they sealed the bonus point as well the win was unfortunately slightly overshadowed though by RG Snyman having to limp off injured just nine minutes after coming on as a substitute in that game but uh, a good good win for Munster nonetheless and we'll have some reaction to that um, later on the show for you as well uh, elsewhere in football tonight uh, big game as well in the Nations League the final of the UEFA Nations League this evening and there was a couple of cracking semi-finals in the Nations League wasn't there during the week uh, kick off for that in the San Siro tonight 7.45 it is Spain up against France that should be a cracker of a match actually and in golf, Cork's John Murphy shot a three under par final round of 68 at the Spanish Open today. Uh, that leaves the Kinsale native 11 under par all round and in a tie for 24th. Spain's Rafa Cabrera Bello won that after a playoff. And on the PGA Tour, Adam Schenk leads the way on the uh, Shriner Children's Open on 18 under par there. Uh, Seamus Power, eight shots back on 10 under with Graham McDowell two over and in Formula 1 today Valtteri Bottas uh, love that that's a great name always I think when I'm talking about Formula 1 Valtteri Bottas he won the Turkish Grand Prix today with Mercedes teammate Lewis Hamilton in fifth and his championship rival Max Verstappen took second place the Red Bull driver is now six points clear at the top of the standings there and last night it was all about the boxing now I didn't either stay up or get up to watch um, the boxing at like 4 or 4.30 in the morning but by all accounts it was an absolute cracker of a fight one of the the, the, the best fights in quite a while and uh, Tyson Fury uh, was victorious over uh, Deontay Wilder in an unforgettable world title match in Las Vegas I watched some clips of it today and it looked absolutely class uh, he retained his WBC uh, world title belt with an 11th round knockout um, and like that was some going because he had already been floored twice earlier on in the bout in the fourth round so Tyson Fury 
getting the knockout in the 11th round and retaining his belt. And um, he claims he's the best heavyweight fighter of his generation. Um, I, I was hearing quite a few people today saying possibly he's the greatest heavyweight fighter ever, although maybe the likes of uh, Muhammad Ali might have something to say about that if he was still around. But um, Tyson Fury uh, was disappointed by Wilder's sportsmanship after the bout. Uh, he wasn't too happy. We fought like two warriors in there, and I went over to shake his hand and say, well done. And he was like, no, I don't respect you. I was like, how can you say I've cheated when you know in your own heart and your full team knows that you just got beat fair and square? Is this a sore loser in boxing or what? But I'm sure he's not the first one and he won't be the last one. Uh, yes, he's a good character, Tyson Fury, and he now says there's no greater heavyweight boxer than him. So he thinks he's the best of his generation, maybe the best of all time after uh, retaining his world title last night against Deontay Wilder. It was actually the third meeting between the two lads um, and it became an all-time classic fight in Vegas last night. And Fury says he is one of the best fighters ever. I'm the best fighter in my era. I'm the generation fighter. I actually feel sorry for all these guys who's had to fight me because I'm in, I've got in the dressing room at home. I'm not nervous. You know, it's a boxing fight to me. I feel, I feel sorry for them because they're fighting the fighter of the generation. That's for sure. Okay, uh, so yeah, fighter of the generation, he certainly is. And uh, I wonder, will like that fight against Anthony Joshua uh, go ahead at some stage? But uh, obviously, Joshua losing to uh, Yusek in his fight a few weeks ago throws a few spanners in the works there as well. Now, we are going to return to um, Gaelic Games and we're going to round up uh, all the action today. As we mentioned, uh, it was the final round of the Premier Senior Hurling Championship group stages today. Um, Dennis Hurley was um, at one of the games today. He was down um, in Porky Cueve for the Rockies and the Bars today and uh, it was uh, the Rockies who were the winners there as we mentioned earlier on um, so um, Dennis uh, we'll round up all of the action today I suppose but uh, first of all uh, tell us how, how that game went and um, what you thought of it down in Porky Cueve um, Well it was uh, it, it, it went way to the bar or you know went way to Black Rock my apologies uh, 322 to 21 a 10 point win so that, that put Black Rock through because they, they went into it a point behind the Bars um, it goes with a difference in the second half um, two from Alan Conley and one from Michael O'Halloran um, so like that obviously put Blackrock through but while that was going on um, Aaron Zone were playing Charleville in, mm. in the other game in the group and Charleville couldn't qualify but they were looking to avoid the relegation playoffs and Aaron Zone were obviously looking to try to, to get a win to guarantee their progress but Charleville led for a lot of it so even during the second half when the Bears were down um you know, they, they trailed by um, 15 points at one stage. There was still a chance that they were going to be going through, um, you know, in second place behind Black Rock. But ultimately, Aaron Zone got the draw, um, and that actually sent them through in top spot because they had the head-to-head advantage over Black Rock because they had beaten them in the first round of the game. Um, so it finished with Aaron Zone on top. Yeah, so Aaron Zone on top of that group in the end today after all the different... Um back and forth and permutations and so on and it seemed to change a lot over the course of the day didn't it Dennis and I suppose that makes for great excitement as well yeah yeah absolutely um, I, you know it's a, such a busy day you're just following the, the scores from the, the other games on uh, on, on, on Twitter um, and like it was it was definitely the one with, with the most uh, movement in the in the live table like Aaron Zone snatching the draw against Charleville moved them from like they would have, they would have lost out if they'd finished level and points with the bars. They'd have lost out in scoring difference because they drew with the bars uh, three weeks ago. But because they got the draw against Charleville, it put them top of the table. Then so um, 
there was kind of no in between, unfortunately for Charleville. Um, they, had they won, they would have avoided the relegation playoff, but instead they must play Carrick Tool, who finished bottom of um, Group B after they lost out to the Piercing. So that, that group was kind of done and dusted uh, in terms of qualification, even before today, the, the meeting between Sars and Middleton was to determine who finished top. Um, and in, in, in the end, Sars, um, Sars got the, the victory there uh, in Parky Ring, and the, the final score was uh, 319 to 214. So they they finish top and they take the top seeding overall, which um, which puts them straight 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 through to the semi-finals. Uh, and then in in Group A, uh, Douglas were going in in pole position, and they beat Bishopstown, so that meant that they um, they finished with a hundred percent record. And then Glen Rovers and Newtown Chandrum, their meeting was effectively a knockout tie. If it had been a draw, the Glen would have gone through, but the Glen got the win they needed to finish in second. So the Glen are playing in McKilly in the quarterfinals. Uh, it's Douglas Black Rock and it's Aaron Zone and Middleton uh, with Sarah straight through to the semi-finals. Good stuff. So Sarah's go straight through. Um, uh, is that that's his best group winners? Is it Dennis? Yeah, yeah. They have they have the best overall um, overall ranking of the the, the three group winners. Uh, Douglas have the the second best, um, and then Aaron Zone are the third seats. So Douglas Blackrock, Aaron's own Middleton and Glen Rovers versus Immokilly and then Sars will face the winners of Aaron's own um, and Middleton um, in their semi-final as well. So just from what you've seen, um, I suppose, uh, today, Dennis, uh, and over the last few weeks um, so far of all the clubs and, and the teams, um, who, who who is standing out for you so far? Who, who's really, really been good this year? Yeah, you'd have to say, looking at it now, that Sars are the form team you know, having come through a, a tough group like that in fairly impressive fashion. Douglas have been very good as well, you know, in a, in a group with the Glen and Newtown and Bishopstown to, to come out with, with full points there is, is no mean feat. Um, but again, in saying that, you just don't know what will happen. Like last year, Sarah's looked really good as well and lost Aaron's own in the quarterfinals after Aaron's own squeezed through. So it's it's a case of back to zero almost. You know, Blackrock obviously as champions. They they stuttered the first night against Aaron's own, but they've picked up two wins since then, so they'll feel they have a bit of momentum going in. Um, and you know, it's 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 nicely poised. You 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 say just going on the results we've seen, and um, that that stars are probably the, the team to beat. But you know, anything can happen in knockout hurling. So the, the next few weeks should be very entertaining. Absolutely, and like the teams you're mentioning there, both the Rockies and Sars having good wins today to wrap up their, their group stages. So, I mean, they, they'll both be kind of confident enough now going into the next round, won't they? I, you'd have to imagine so. Um, Douglas and um, Blackrock should be a, a very intriguing game given that Douglas have been so good yeah. and Blackrock are, are finding form now. So, you know, it's... Um, it's the it's the business end of the championship. It's it's the it's the the real thing, I suppose. After the the phony war, the group stages. So hopefully, we're in for some some cracking matches now. Absolutely, looking forward to it, Dennis. Thanks a million for joining us, and we'll chat to you again um, as the the rest of the knockout stages progress. Okay, thanks, Doc Colum. And uh, we will have more Gaelic games later on in the show. We're going to be looking ahead to uh, Monday night's Premier Minor hurling final. Uh, it's Bride Rovers taking on Glen Rovers. We'll hear from both the Bride Rovers camp and the Glen Rovers camp um, ahead of that match later on um, towards the second half of the show. But right now we are going to turn our attentions to football because um, um, it was the Republic of Ireland in action last night. And uh, Stephen Kenny as Ireland manager getting his first 
competitive victory as Ireland manager and he's had a tough run of it unfortunately Stephen Kenny since he's come in he's had a uh, quite a bit of bad luck really I suppose uh, really like if you think about it with uh, injuries and guys out through COVID and so on um, and then even in certain games when maybe they sh- Ireland should have won there was late goals conceded like the Portugal game being your prime example with the two late goals from Cristiano Ronaldo but finally got that competitive win last night and uh, Stephen Kenny staying resolute to his guns and a lot of support for Stephen Kenny uh, certainly out there as well uh, with many people thinking that he is he is going to do a good job with the Republic of Ireland and uh, last night it was a 3-0 victory over in Baku in Azerbaijan uh, two goals coming from Callum Robinson as we said uh, two great goals from Callum Robinson um, he had been in the news for the wrong reasons earlier on in the week but he was in the news for the right reasons last night and the other goal as we mentioned came from a Cork band and a former Cork City player Chidoze Ogbene as well and we're joined now by a former Cork City star and former Republic of Ireland international Joe Gamble joining us to chat about last night's win Hiya Joe Hi, Colin. How are you Not too bad at all. Um, Joe, as we said, a good win for Stephen Kenny last night and probably took a bit longer than he would have liked to get that competitive win, but it's been coming a while now, I think, hasn't it? Yeah, look, I think it was a fantastic performance uh, away from home. You know, they got a vital three points, a vital win to get the monkey off, off his back and looking you know, at clean shooting three goals and could have been a lot more goals, really. Uh, overall, it was job done and it was a fantastic performance. Nice goals as well. Callum Robinson was the man who was in the press for the wrong reasons probably earlier on in the week, but he was in the press for the right re- reasons, now one of the papers, on the front of the papers, for the right reasons today. Uh, two great goals. His first goal in particular was a fantastic strike, wasn't it? Yeah, his first one was a fantastic strike. I think maybe, I wouldn't say he shanked a little bit, but I don't know if he actually <laughs> mean to go you know, top corner, yeah. but look, I think the second goal, um, he did really well to kind of get on his, his favourite foot. And look, ultimately the keeper did obviously make a bit of a hat but I mean, look, he hit the target and he um, he got two great goals and he was unlucky not to get a hat-trick, really. Uh, there was a lot of goals there to be had in the second half, so he um, he tried to, ever so, ever, you know, he tried his hard to get a third goal, but unfortunately he wasn't, but overall he was very, very good over the night, on the night. It's kind of what we've been missing for a while as a guy to, to be scoring a good few goals for Ireland. There's been nobody really probably since since like Robbie Keane bagging them in on a regular basis. Um, we, we've seen Stephen Kenny try various guys up front. Adam Eda has been used quite a bit up front. Um, Callum, Callum Robinson, I, I reckon he's hoping he might be the guy who could score regularly for Ireland. Yeah, I think, look, unfortunately, I think uh, Adam should have, should have been uh, kept on for longer because there was goals there to be had, really, and I think he was, he needs a goal, really, for his... Because, uh, look, he has been excellent. I mean, he's still a young, young man, and he's, he's leading the line uh, for Ireland, and uh, I just think he needed a goal for himself. I was surprised he was taken off after, you know, such, I think it was 58, 60 minutes. Yeah. I think he could have been easy, you know, 15 minutes to give him give him a chance to get the goals because you could see in the second half that we, there was a lot more opportunity to score goals and look every time we went forward we looked like creating something so and that for now I'm, I'm, I'm kind of just fine Adam didn't stay on but I think for Callum Robinson I don't know if he's actually number 9 though I don't know if he you know is he a striker where he's back to goal is at his favourite position I think where he started off uh, coming inside on his right foot from the left wing I think that he's probably more natural favourite position but mm-hmm. um, look I think we are lacking obviously goal scorers but I mean obviously probably lacking supply to the goal scorers maybe better supply going forward not just the goal scorers um, but also look as you mentioned Robbie Keane Robbie Keane probably a one-off I mean look his goal scoring record for international football is up there with the best uh, that ever was so you know we can't really necessarily keep looking backwards because he's one he's one of those strikers that come along in a generation um, that was just top notch really for Ireland a clean sheet last night as well for the keeper mm. and the defence, Joe. And um, Gavin Bazunu in goal, he's doing well, isn't he? He's doing 
doing fantastically well. I mean, again, another young lad coming through. You know, it's great to see ex League of Ireland players. You know, I know he only played a handful of games with Rovers, then went on to Man City. But it's great to see him getting a chance, and it's great to see him doing so well because look, he, he has done really well. He has done well, and fairness as well. The clean sheet was hard fought for last night because you know on another night I think we, we we were very lucky to keep the clean sheet and that's not been negative, but they did miss a few chances and there was a few goal mode scrambles. But um, you could see it meant so much to everybody to have the clean sheet as well. It just gave it the back back five and then obviously and the keeper uh, the extra incentive to keep the clean sheet, which was great to see. We mentioned Callum Robinson getting the goals. We mentioned Adamida not scoring and being taken off maybe when there was a goal there for him. But uh, another Cork man did pop up and get his yeah. first goal for Ireland, which is fantastic. Uh, an ex-Cork City man as well, Chidoze Ogbeni. And it was great to see him on the pitch, Joe, I suppose, and great to see him get a goal. And it was a lovely header too. It was, yeah. Look, I was, as I said, look, I would have worked with Chidoze at Limerick when he left Cork City yeah. and I was coaching Limerick. And you know what? I, I have to say, like, he's worked great and his appetite to work is phenomenal. And I'm not surprised that um, he'd gone on to do so well in his career. Uh, I mean, honestly, like I, I, you know, I, I just think so, I, I think so highly of him because he's one of those players really where you give him the information, he took it on board and he just excelled. And I think um, it was great to see him. And he's a concentrate. Look, his pace and power alone would scare the life off anyone. And he's so quick, so strong. And he came on the second half and the way Ireland were playing basically were kind of dropping off in a kind of in a low block, mid block to, to transition to, to kind of go quickly to, to counter attack. He's, he's the ideal man for that and um, I don't think he's got many headers. I don't think he's a natural goal scoring <laughs> with his head but it's, it's great to see it and you could see afterwards he was delighted with the with the goal and I think it meant so much to him so it's great to see it's great to see him get on the goal uh, get on the goal scoring and it's great to see him just on his debut really I mean not debut but his, his World Cup um, campaign for him and actual competitive debut I think it's fantastic Fantastic uh, to see a Cork lad like Chidoze there getting that goal and uh, there's a, there's actually quite a few Cork lads in the squad at the moment mm. which is great to see Joe Yeah I'd love to see obviously Cleveland Keller I'd love to see him get a run too I think you know he's he's, a, he's, a, he's an upcoming keeper he's at Liverpool he's had a big club it's great. I, I, I'm kind of disappointed he hasn't had a game yet uh, but I think look it's only a matter of time before he gets his chance really um, obviously Adam Ida is doing very very well there as well so look there's there's obviously Cork's always produced some good players and always produced international level players so mainland continue Absolutely uh, you mentioned Cuevin Kelleher I mean we're in a position where we have two very good young keepers coming up in a way it's a great thing but if you're one of those keepers like if you're Cuevin Kelleher you're probably looking at Gavin Bazunu and thinking to yourself Jesus how unlucky am I that, that I'm coming through here and there's a fella who's who's at the same level as me already Yeah look it's, it's not it's not uh, it's very uncommon really to have such two very good keepers at such a young age um, you normally have an older keeper with more experience and a young up and coming keeper so Creevine obviously can feel a bit aggrieved he's not getting the game but I think it's, only, look, it's a matter of time because look players' performances go up and down injuries are a big part of this and look getting the opportunity getting the opportunity taking the opportunity is huge and he will get an opportunity there's no doubt about it I mean look and even to say look as Gavin is doing very well who should say that Creevine doesn't kick on his own personal career in club level and all of a sudden see him can he, you know, put him in regardless so I'm sure that, that, can, that, that, that could happen too like Definitely, Joe. Um, just talking about Stephen Kenny, then I suppose uh, as a manager and looking at his reign so far, he, he's probably been unlucky in a lot of games. He's he's had a lot of players missing with injuries and COVID, and various squads were hit during COVID with fellas having to isolate and not making the, the squad and things. So he's been unlucky in that regard. Um, but the results haven't come at all. I mean, it, it's been a, a very kind of barren spell in terms of picking up points or picking up wins. Um, he's got a bit of criticism, but he, he kind of just bats the criticism off. He has his own set ideas, and he seems to have this plan, this project 
project that he wants to implement and if it is to happen it's going to take time and the FEI will have to stick with them if that's if that's going to go that way won't they? Yeah, look, I think in fairness, I mean, you're going to get criticism when you don't win games at professional level. It doesn't matter if you want to play lovely football, it doesn't matter if you play long ball, it doesn't matter what style of football that you have. Like, um, philosophy in professional football is winning, and that's just like, that's, that comes down to you win first and then afterwards you can talk about your philosophy and your plans and all that. But look, he's gone obviously a different route and given a lot more young players game time. He's obviously looking to the future and saying, okay, well, you know, how how can we maybe look at the next World Cup or the next European Championships and how can we maybe, you know, give these players I'm not to say that he he's going out to, you know, not perform, but obviously you're going to have in uh, different performances and different results when you're playing so many young players, so many inexperienced players. And look that's the way he's gone with it and look if that's what he believes and that's the principles that he wants and, you know, I think you have to back him because at the end of the day he hasn't walked into an international team that's full of 30-year-old, 50-cap players and, and there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a big production line behind him. Unfortunately, we don't have that production line and he's gone with younger players and he's gone to maybe go, OK, look, maybe I'm going to take a hit for a year or two uh, and but give them you know, 20, 30 games experience and then are we, going to be better, are we going to be a better country for it? Maybe we are, maybe we're not, I don't know, but my worry is, will he get the time? And that's the problem mm-hmm. because if you're not winning games, you bring pressure on yourself and media attention and the pressure that he has been on with the media, look, the FA have got to back him, I think, personally, to give him a bit more time. And I think not even just to win last night, because look, realistically, we should be beating Azerbaijan anyway. They're not, like, they're not exactly a top 50, I think, what is it, 120-something country in, yeah. in the world. So, you know, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Like, we won a game, great, we got three <laughs> points, get clean sheet. That's only one game. We've got to back it up with beating Luxembourg, obviously, I think, Qatar next to the friendly. We've got, we've got to win three or four games in the bunks and then come to the, uh, come to the big hitters. And right, how, how well are we doing? How have those players performed? Are we actually making any progress or are we just going to stagnate? And that's the real test over the next six months, maybe 12 months. That's what's going to really uh, show you know, where we're at, really. The Qatar game on Tuesday is just a friendly, Joe, as we know. But I mean, mm. to Stephen Kenny, it's probably important in terms of just that he's got to win to get another win and get two wins in a row, even albeit in a friendly, and just mm. start building that bit of a run would be very important for him, wouldn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. You've got to look at every game you play at international football on any level. You want to win. Players want to win five asides and three asides never mind the 11 asides competitive games so you need to breed that sort of winning mentality so the players that are there no doubt he's going to give some new players maybe some caps or fellas who haven't played game time which is very important you have to but they're obviously going to want to put their hands up and say Steve don't forget me you know I'm ready and available I want to play and of course we want to win I mean the, the Irish camp are going to want to win they want to go away two wins in a row uh, go back to club level and look forward to the next camp because winning breeds that sort of that sort of um, I suppose positivity in the camp and it's very important that uh, we follow up another one. Absolutely. Listen, Joe, we'll leave it there. Thanks a million for joining us and hopefully next day we're chatting about it. It's another Ireland victory. No problem. Thanks, Colin. And uh, mentioning the, the Qatar game there as well um, on Tuesday Ireland playing Qatar Portugal actually Ireland who are also in Ireland's group played Qatar in a friendly game last night um, and they won 3-0 as well in that game but uh, the, the thing out of that really was Cristiano Ronaldo making a record uh, 181st international appearance a European record 181st international appearance um, he was surpassing Sergio Ramos who has played for Spain 180 times now Ronaldo has paid, played for um, Portugal 181 times it's a European record and uh, he's going to continue to play obviously for uh, probably a couple of years and um, he'll get quite a few more caps and he scored in that game not surprisingly Ronaldo last night as well um, so um, we'll see now if, uh, if Callum Robinson or Chidozio Benny can follow up and uh, 
and get a few goals that against Qatar themselves on um, on uh, Tuesday night when Ireland take on Qatar. Um, we're going to hear from Chidozi of Benny actually just his reaction briefly in a second to getting that goal last night for the Republic of Ireland. But first of all, let's hear the reaction of Ireland manager Stephen Kenny to getting his first competitive win. And naturally, he was delighted. And first of all, um, he was speaking about Callum Robinson, who got the two goals for Ireland last night um, to the media after the game. He's a very creative player and very versatile player. and He's quite intelligent, the positions he takes up and the decisions he makes. Um, And it's ironic that he probably had three or four easier chances in the second half than the two we scored the two we scored were absolutely outstanding finishes and the volley he had in the first half that just was over the bar as well it was a brilliant technical effort and um, so he, he done terrific for us today there's no doubt about that I think from our point of view the, the win was overdue and you know we wanted to uh, from our point of view it's uh, it's important to win three in the way moment a qualifier is rare and you know Azerbaijan have been dangerous opponents for for many teams in in in, in, in you know in very tight games. <coughs> Sorry. So for us to win three 0 was, was was terrific, and now that's uh, just one defeat in seven in the last seven games, and that was uh, the late goal against Portugal, of course, by Ronaldo. So well, I feel we're improving all the time. Azerbaijan had some good periods in the first half of possession, but they didn't really create any clear cut chances in that period. But they are, Azerbaijan are very good at retaining possession and um, we, they did cause us some problems in the first half but obviously with Callum Robinson's two, two terrific goals, gives a great platform and, and the third one that he nearly scored up just when just clipped the top of the bar nearly. That is uh, Stephen Kenny, the Republic of Ireland manager, giving his reaction to the media after um, Ireland's win, 3-0 win over Azerbaijan last night in the World Cup qualifiers. As we said, a Cork man got the third goal for Ireland. It was Chidozio Bene, formerly of Cork City. And a uh, man, is, as Joe Gamble said, that he knows well as well. Um, so let's hear what uh, Chidozio Bene had to say after the Ireland game last night. Um, obviously, I, you know, I believe in myself. Um, I believe in my abilities and... Um I guess, you know, I haven't come here by luck, you know, the managers watched me, you know, for for many months and years, so he obviously believes that um, my qualities is, um, you know, valuable to the team. So when I was on the pitch, obviously, it's a lot different from club football. Um, this is obviously the highest, you know, highest level in football, and it's always been a dream of mine. But, um, you know, it is a lot faster, obviously, credit to Azerbaijan, the way they move the ball and, you know, keep the ball very well. Um, it was a tough, you know, it was a tough night for for our front trade. But um, we were prepared for it, you know, all week. We, you know, we know what they're capable of, and uh, we were prepared for it to, you know, to press in the right time to sit in. Um, I must say that um, you, you know, it's required a lot more energy in this level, you know, to to work harder to get the ball back because it's so valuable to have, you know, to have the ball uh, at this level. But yeah, as I said, um, you know, I believe in my abilities and, um, you know, if we worked hard all week, we've, you know, we've planned for this day and um, we're just so happy to get the result. So that's Chidoze Ogbene getting Ireland's third goal last night. Uh, Corkman, great to see a Corkman on the score sheet for Ireland always. Um, and you never know if you're going down to the Turner's Cross tonight to watch the Ireland under-17s team. Uh, you might see some Corkmen on the score sheet for the Ireland under-17s tonight down on the cross as well because they're back in action um, against North Macedonia at Turner's Cross tonight. 
7pm kickoff there about 30 minutes time still plenty of time to get down nice evening for the game actually uh, the boys in green were playing in the cross as well on Thursday night I was down at that game saw five goals there as the Republic of Ireland beat Andorra 5-0 in the under 17s uh, with Cork City's Marco Manny among the scorers and his city teammate Cahal Heffernan uh, captaining the Republic of Ireland under 17s as well Colin O'Brien is the gaffer the manager and Rory caught up with Colin after the win over Andorra on Thursday Colin you're obviously happy with the result are you happy with the performance? Um, yeah I think look you know first f- first we'll say games in, 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 in competition can always be a kind of a nervy or cagey um, game especially in the opening minutes but you know we knew Andorra were going to maybe defend with numbers defend low uh, we knew they were going to be quite direct uh, so it was a new challenge for the players not, not every team is now going to build up against them uh, so they do have to do the other side of it like winning headers fighting for second balls uh, that's part of the game own party education for them and that's what comes in tournaments uh, but look I thought Justin grabbed the game with a scruff of the neck uh, to score a goal in the first half and um, look it was just get him in at half time uh, I thought we were just a little bit hasty with some of our decision making in the first half and we, we got into good areas uh, but second half I thought they were excellent executed uh, some of the play really well and uh, you know it's great to see uh, different scorers as well for the team Yeah Mark Amani's making a habit of scoring into the shadows yeah, look again, great for him. You know, um, we, we think we've got two or three good players that can play in the nine. Um, you know, Mark's come on. There was, you know, no disappointment with him. You know, he came on. That's what we look for players to do. Try and make an impact. And what better way to do than put the ball in the back of the net? So uh, yeah, did really well when he came in tonight. What expecting now from Macedonian Sunday? Uh, it'll be a completely different challenge. Uh, they're after getting a point today in the game, so that 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 will be a, a big result for them. Uh, I don't think people might have expected that, but that that's tournament football at this age group. Um, again, they'll be um, they'll be well organised. Um, there'll be uh, a lot of fight in the team, no doubt about that. And uh, you know, from what some of the staff saw them play today, they've you know they've got two or three very good uh, technical players, and uh, something we got to be mindful of. But we'll, we'll begin our prep for them tomorrow. We, we'll focus very much on ourselves, but um, we'll still have to have our work done on the opposition as well. It's a quick turnaround, but I suppose in your 16, that doesn't really matter, does it? Ah, uh, look, they did play every ga- every day if they could, and that that's you know that that's a refreshing uh, part of it when you're working with this age group. Uh, the you know the, the enthusiasm is there you know they all want to learn they all want to improve um, but look to, you know tonight it's important to enjoy the win that's really really important um, tomorrow there'll be a bit, little bit of recovery but yeah you, you do move quickly uh, we do have the two days to get prepped and uh, but that, that's tournament football you know that, that that's the way it is they're, they're prepared for that um, and, it, and it's a new stage of their development though and Colin a decent crowd here tonight even it's a miserable night like what hope for the same again on Sunday yeah it would be great yeah absolutely as I said I think we've got some exciting players here I think you saw some good individual goals tonight and some good individual player I think there's still more to come from some of those players as well and uh, I think it puts us in a position now if you know win the game Sunday night and the team qualifies for the next phase guaranteed uh, so you know definitely people of Cork we, we, we love more support to the game um, and, and, and the players really again just coming off the pitch there you know just the way they went to the supporters thanked them trying to make that connection with them and uh, yeah you know any more support we can get Sunday night that, that, that'd be great for the team and kick off in that game um, against North Macedonia for the Republic of Ireland under 17s is just uh, about 25 minutes away now 7pm down in Turner's Cross so if you are heading down to that game uh, from what I saw myself down there on Thursday night 
to five goals against Andorra. You're in for a treat. It's a very, very talented Ireland's under-17 team and uh, great, as we said, to see some Cork lads involved in that as well. So uh, best of luck to Colin O'Brien and the Irish under-17s tonight in Turner's Cross against North Macedonia. And they're also playing um, in Turner's Cross on Wednesday afternoon. I think it's a 1pm kickoff against Poland. So plenty of opportunities this week to see some of the up-and-coming uh, stars of Irish football of the future. And no doubt some of them will feature in Stephen Kenny's team over the next couple of years as well uh, when they further kind of move on with their development. But uh, for tonight, it's the Irish under-17s against North Macedonia at 7pm down in the cross. Now, coming up on the bench, we have got rugby in just a few minutes. We'll have reaction to Munster's big, big win today. Um, a superb uh, six-try, 43 points, a 13 win over Scarlets. Um, unfortunately, they lost Lock or G. Snyman to, uh, to injury in that game as well but a 30 point winning margin very very impressive for Munster we've also got Gaelic games and plenty more to come here on the Big Red Bench between now and 7 o'clock Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie Cork's Red FM Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie Cork's Red FM yeah, welcome back to the show. It's Colm O'Sullivan with you until uh, 7 o'clock here on the Big Red Bench. Busy, busy Sunday of sport. Now we're going to turn our attentions to rugby. And Munster were in action today against Scarlets. They went into the game with um, two wins under their belts already in the, the all-new United Rugby Championship. And the game was over in Wales today. Uh, what we were thinking when we were chatting to Tomás O'Leary on the show yesterday would be a pretty tough assignment for Munster against uh, a decent Scarlet side. But it turned out to be... Um, pretty run of the mill for Munster a pretty big win for them all the same Munster beating Scarlets 43 points to 13 in the United Rugby Championship in Wales this afternoon Liam Coombs went over the line twice for Johan van Grad's side as they sealed a bonus point as well and that is now three wins from three for the Reds this season the win was slightly overshadowed by RG Snyman um, having to limp off injured um, he came on as a substitute and uh, had to go off injured again but um, it was nonetheless a big big win for Munster and afterwards uh, man of the match Chris uh, Clute and Captain Jack O'Donoghue who were speaking to the media and uh, they were very very happy with Munster's 30 point winning margin oh, I guess when you get the opportunity to play we've got 53 players in our squad and, and we all have to play at some stage in the season so when you get your opportunity I guess you just have to step up and, and do your best and enjoy the minutes that you get well, your player of the match uh, medal is testament to the work you did at the breakdown is that where you think the, the game was won today? no I don't think I think our more defensive are really great and our defence overall uh, six tries to one I think that shows you that our defence was really good today I mean it was a great uh, team effort today Yeah very clinical when those chances came you jumped on them Yeah no I think we had a good uh, week's training and really sharpened up during the week um, and when the opportunities arose, arose we, we really took them with both hands Chris congratulations to you Thank you ask your captain to, to step in uh, well Jack we spoke before uh, the match about all the, the changes um, ahead of this match 11 changes in all a chance for these fringe players to show what they can do and uh, yeah, Johan was uh, truly justified in his decisions yeah look I think a lot of lads out there they deserve their, their chance there's been a, an incredible effort from pre-season first two 
sets of games and you know look it's a great win on, on the road and, and we're just building to finish strong at the, the end of this block and momentum now into into Connaught uh, next week this is a, a fantastic start to your season maximum points 15 yeah absolutely look we, we, we have a quick enough turnaround now to Connacht so um, there's definitely a lot of sore bodies in, in, inside the change room so you know we'll recover and we'll regroup and, and look we'll, we'll certainly take some learnings out of that but you know we've a lot of positives to take into Connacht next week a quick one uh, on the Scarlets if I may were you surprised how easily they rolled over no look it, they're, they're an incredible outfit they always bring a physical game like like the scoreboard doesn't reflect the type of game was that was a real physical encounter especially for, like I said before the game it was going to be one up, up front in the forwards you know I thought our, our, our Maul D and our lineup was, was really good but look Scarlets threw everything at it and, and we got a we've probably got a few bouncing balls which went our way which is uh, positive that's uh, Monsters Jack O'Donoghue who even speaking to the media after their big win today um, as we said 43 points to 13 in the United Rugby Championship in Wales uh, now we're going to turn our attentions to Gaelic Games and Bride Rovers facing Glen Rovers in Monday's Premier Minor Hurling Final uh, Aidan caught up with Bride Rovers manager Brendan Walsh ahead of that game Bride Rovers Minor Hurling manager Brendan Walsh joins me uh, thanks for coming on the show Brendan yeah no problem thank you uh, what a way to make a minor championship final I suppose going all the ways to extra time with Bell and Colleague and you seem to find an extra gear in that period yeah yeah thank god we did um, we kind of struggled all game to get get, get in the flow of it um, Perfellis Bell and Colleague bring us a great fight um, it was an unbelievable battle thank god we got that I said a bit of luck we got that few goals in the extra time period to really kind of cement I mean, that's the thank God. Uh, Killian Tobin grabbed the headlines with, with 10 points and all. Uh, it must be exciting to, to coach young talents like him. Oh, yeah, he's an unbelievable talent. Um, uh, especially, he's he's a great lad. Um, don't talk. Doesn't really get up the hype a bit. But he's just an absolute athlete. Um, he goes through the wall. Puff, puff, this year. Um, but thank, thank God, I suppose. We've, we've four or five nearly the same as him. Uh, do all, do do the same as him. So thank God, we got a great panel. And you you come up against Glen Rovers, who defeated the reigning champions Saint Finbars in their semi final. Uh, makes for an exciting matchup in the decider. Oh yeah, they, they, like, we've played them now um, all the way coming up, and uh, you can see that the the Glen always bring, especially minor level. Though I was I was peak for minor level, so hopefully this draw is going to be this contest. We just. 50-50 definitely 50-50 game um, let's hope we get the results and the probably the same thing you know each other well in that case so you've come up against each other a few times in the underage structure there might be a bit of a rivalry there so is there oh there's always there's always a bit of rivalry in by Rovers and the Glen just a bit of history though for whatever person we play there's always a bit of rivalry anyway so there's always a bit of so that's what you want in, in that situation it's, it's probably one around Hollington there's always going to be a fight uh, I can imagine there's a huge buzz heading into the weekend uh, is it as much about the lads enjoying this opportunity in, in the minor final opposed to feeling any pressure heading into it yeah oh definitely um, we got them in the 16th final last year um, I just was the pressure too much from that 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 year so look hopefully you know, we, we got the preparation right this year the mindset will be a lot more focused and and after the pressure, be after them.
That is Bride Rovers manager Brendan Walsh um, ahead of the uh, their Monday uh, Monday night's premier minor hurling final for Bride Rovers against Glen Rovers. Now we're going to hear from the Glen Rovers camp. Uh, we're going to hear from uh, Glen Rovers coach Tony Wall ahead of Monday's minor decider. Glen Rovers minor hurling coach Tony Wall joins me. Uh, Tony, thanks for coming on. Not about it. Great, great, great to be in the finals. That to have the opportunity to talk to you. Exactly. Uh, and if there's one way to make a statement in the championship, it's to knock out the reigning champions. And uh, you did that by defeating Saint Finbars in the semi-final. Um, yeah, it we did. Look, it was a, it was a, it was a very very good performance by our lads. Um, you know, we were. Um, I suppose we've been improving as the season has gone on. And you know, at the start of the season, I think everybody would have pointed to two teams. Sort of being the the um, front runners that would be the bars and Bride Rovers, so it's great for us to, to put ourselves in amongst that that company and uh, our performance last Saturday was really really satisfying. Stephen Lynham stepped up with an impressive tally of one six on the day. It must be great to have players like him in the side. Absolutely, but and and, Steve, and look, Stephen Stephen was excellent last Saturday, um, and you know in previous games and we've had other players have stepped up. You know, so Kieran Maguire and Owen O'Leary, obviously, Kim Walsh. You know, Reese Dunn. We've we've a, a, a nice spread of players around the pitch, and you know, to be fair, it's it's never been the same guy all the time. It's always been a nice spread, in, and from game to game, fellas step up when when the need occurs. I understand these two sets of players that have played each other many times through the age group as well. So there's plenty of familiarity there between the two sides. Um, yeah, there has been. I mean, I think they played in the group stages last year at under sixteen level um, in the Glenfield, but I think on the day, Bright Rovers were just far too strong for us. So it was, um, you know, they, they qualified, they went on to the final afterwards, whereas I think we actually failed to get out of the group last year. So it was, um, you know, it was good, good for us to, to kind of rebound and regroup and come back and, as I said, get ourselves in a position of where we, we, famous, we face a familiar foe again. You know, but as I said, at the start of the year, I think everybody would have pointed at the Bars and Bride Rovers as being the two best teams probably in the competition. So, as I said, they're a formidable opponent for next Monday night. And getting young lads prepared for a final like this can always be a bit of a double-edged sword. You don't want to keep too much pressure on them, but of course it's a big game. How do you find that middle ground? Um, I think what's different this year, really, is the fact that this is the first year where minors are under 17 rather than under 18, so they're a bit younger. So you're dealing with... You know, sixteen-year-olds and even fifteen-year-olds. You know, who are part of the squad. So, um, that that brings its own challenges. Um, I think one of the things that helps probably both teams is the fact that the final is only a week after the semi-final, so there's not really much time to to dwell on it and to think about it. So, um, look, we're just keeping it light and keeping the lads fresh all week. It's good to have a bit of banter and training. You know, as I said, we're going in as probably you know underdogs in the sense that we really have nothing to lose. There was not a whole lot expected of us this year. So, you know, it is, it, is, it is a nice place to be. It's a nice place to be. And as I said, the, the short turnaround is probably helping both sides, I think. Exactly. And I, I presume the usual uh, county final buzz as well around, around the club and the parish. Absolutely. You know, it's a, bit, it's a great weekend. I mean, our intermediates are playing today. Um, our seniors are playing tomorrow. And then we're in, we're we're in action on uh, Monday night, so it's a it's a busy time for the club. You know, it's great to have you know to have your seniors. Uh, you know, hopefully win tomorrow, get into the get into the quarter final or semi final, and ourselves. And if we can, you know, if we can put on a good performance Monday night, we'd be in with every chance. You know, to, to bring a bit of silverware back. Exactly, it makes for an exciting weekend and an exciting decider Monday. Tony, best luck and thanks very much for speaking with us on the big red bench. Not a lot, not a bother, Ian. Thanks. That's uh, Tony Wall there from the Glen speaking ahead of their Munster uh, of their minor final on uh, Monday evening. Now we're talking about the big game down at Turner's Cross tonight, the Republic of Ireland under-17s in action against North Macedonia and we're going to go live there right now. We heard from Colin O'Brien earlier on. Rory O'Hagan is down there. Rory, how are you? Atmosphere building? 
Good, but uh, yeah, it's a good crowd building up here now at the cross at the moment. The announcement's just being made at the moment. I'm glad I'm not on PA duty tonight because there <laughs> are some doozies in that North Macedonian team that I would not like to try and read out professionally, so I'm just not going to do that now tonight. But for the Republic of Ireland, I suppose, that the big news tonight is that Marco Manning is in the starting 11. He was introduced as a second-half substitute in the five-minute win over Andorra. Scored. He was a handful, um, created plenty of chances and uh, played very, very well, but introduced. So Colin O'Brien has awarded him for the plays in the starting 11 tonight and uh, his uh, court city teammate Frank Ume drops to the bench. Ireland on 4-3-3 tonight and some very exciting players that we saw at Turner's Cross uh, last week. Kevin Zeffi of Milan being one of them, a fantastic player, fantastic winner, very exciting on the ball. Justin Ferrazaj, the Shamrock Obers player who scored a wonder goal to open the scoring last uh, Thursday night. He's uh, in the team. He's got to be in the midfield along with McManus and uh, Rocco Vata as well. So it's an exciting uh, Irish team. Colin O'Brien has been playing some very, very nice football. They're well-organised. They uh, attack well. They defend well. Led at the back, of course, by Cork's own Conor Heffernan, who had captains of the Republic of Ireland side tonight. Looking forward to a good game here. Come kick off seven o'clock. Great stuff, um, and I might get down for the second half myself, Roar. But we were both there um, watching the game on Thursday night. Uh, Five 0 win over Andorra and Ireland were very, very impressive, weren't they? Yeah, they were very impressive, particularly in the second half as well. I suppose the first half uh, they scored, and I suppose it took a while for them to find their gear after that uh, Farzaj goal. But the second half, whatever Colin O'Brien said to them at half time just seemed to work they clicked and they started passing the ball around moving forward attacking very very smartly and uh, getting some very very well worked goals Zeffi with two assists from the right hand side last night including the one for Marco Mani for his goal into the shed and of course he scored against Mexico into the shed last month as well so he, he's made a habit of that so hopefully it'll be third time lucky for a man he's scoring into the shed tonight but um, yeah look there's some very very exciting players in this Irish team uh, the stars of the future as uh, Colin said in his interview with you a couple of weeks back Colin are going to be on display tonight so I'm looking forward to watching them they were good against um, Andorra and Thursday so hope it's more the same against North Macedonia tonight Great stuff Roar listen enjoy the game and uh, hopefully we get another Irish victory down there Cross. We'll see you for the second half, Colin. Certainly will. All right. Uh, 7 p.m. kickoff there in Turner's Cross for that one tonight um, for the Republic of Ireland versus North Macedonia. The under-17s and a really, really talented bunch they are as well. Now, we're nearly out of time, but just to wrap up, we are going to uh, turn our attentions to Gaelic Games as well. And on our Women in Sport podcast this week with Ger McCarthy, Ger was speaking to Cork footballer Saiv O'Leary um, about being nominated for an All-Star and also chatting to uh, her new Cork manager as well, uh, Shane Renane. Joining us on the line is Kinsale and Cork senior footballer and now All-Star nominee, Sive O'Leary. Sive, hearty congratulations on your first ever All-Star nomination. Um, when and where were you when you heard? Um, thanks, Ger. Um I was actually in school when I heard it was um, a text from Shane Ronan. He was just saying congrats on the nomination and I hadn't found out yet about it so I actually went to Twitter then because I wasn't sure what it was um, the nomination so then when I found out you know it was actually such a lovely um, thing to read but just I suppose it's a nice little individual thing to um, put um, icing on the cake at the end of the year I suppose It is and fully deserved so because you've you've forced your way onto a Cork senior team, a very talented panel to begin with, but to make your way onto the starting 15 and to play so consistently, I mean, it, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's fully deserved, as are all the other Cork nominations, but you must be delighted, as you said, because it, it does reflect what a great season, it didn't end the way you would have wanted, but it does reflect a great individual season for yourself. 
Yeah, um, I suppose I was still half shocked when I heard the nomination, but, you know, it was nice because after the season, it was my first year um, properly starting. But I felt I probably just grew mostly in confidence and in terms of my mindset, I probably had that more a bit of belief um, in my play. So it's definitely nice just to recognise then my first year um, playing and starting at Cork. So no, it's definitely a really nice honour. How big a step up in terms of intensity was it joining in with the Cork senior training sessions and then how much did those inter-county games bring you on? Yeah, like every training session, you know, it's highly intense and it was definitely something we always tried to make sure that, you know, training was no different to Matt's. So we'd be like the hour or and a half that we were there, we'd give it everything. Um, And then I suppose going into matches, you know, there's nothing like a match, how competitive they are. So Mm. like I know at the start of the league, even... Um, they felt like championship matches you know they're great for building players especially but yeah in county matches they're just highly intense but mm. no they're very good um, you, you mentioned the league National League campaign that was probably more important for the likes of yourself and Katie Quirk and a few others like who had broken into the team like you really had to show what you could do you had an opportunity to show what you could do to Evie Fitzgerald and the management team during those games yeah, definitely. I feel, you know, the league campaign is definitely an opportunity for a lot of players to show themselves. And it's definitely an opportunity for managers to try out loads of different players and see what works. Um, so, yeah, me and Casey, we definitely we got um, a load of chances in the league, which stood to us. Um, and, you know, we, in the forward line, um, I felt we did really well in the league and... You know, it's great to see all the different diversity of players getting their chance. Yeah, it is. It was a theme, I think, over this year and probably the last two years. And you mentioned Katie Quirk. There's a lovely photograph uh, taken by Anish Photography. I think it was down in Dungarvan at the at the league match. Yourself and Katie, towards the end of the game, you've both been brought off. You're, you know the one I'm talking about. You're both sitting there and laughing at each other. But... I got the sense this year from attending the Cork matches and a few training sessions, yes, it was intense, but there was a real commitment and a camaraderie amongst the panel. No, definitely, yeah. Um, we're all such a close bunch. And you can see there, um, myself and Katie, we were pretty much having a laugh there after. I think it was the Waterford game, all right. Um, but, you know, we were all such a close bunch. And I, I think it's the fact that there's no egos within the team hmm. that makes us all, like, you know, we all get on so well. So, no, it's really nice having that. And I think it definitely helps us as well in our successes. Now, unfortunately, it didn't end the season. As I said earlier, it didn't end the way Cork and yourselves wouldn't have wanted, yeah. like losing out in the final five or ten minutes to the eventual All Ireland champions, Donegal. But before I get into that, what was it like playing in Crow Park as a Cork senior footballer? First of all, was it were you able to enjoy the occasion as much as you could, or were you just totally focused on on, on playing the game? Yeah, I try to remind myself all the time just to enjoy the game. I think that's how I personally play best if I just enjoy it. Um, Obviously, um, on the day, nerves, you can't put them to the side sometimes. But um, I think as well, on that day against Meads, you know, they were just so defensive. Like, we broke them down in the second half, and I think we did do everything um, right. But we just, we definitely just let it slip in the end. Um, But I found, you know, me myself as a player, it was kind of hard to attack against so many when they had so many back. But, um, yeah, I think it, it was definitely one we let go. But, you know, we'll only take that with us for the next year and we'll work on that and learn from that. 
Yeah, and that's a very good point. I mean, you 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 go into the new champ, the new season early next year or whenever it begins, but you go in with that kind of little chip on your shoulder, wanting to rectify what happened in the semi final. But you also go yeah. in with a brand new management team. Now we don't know what that management team is just yet. We do know Shane Ronan is going to be in charge, but I suppose a new manager coming in, as much and as thankful as you are to Evie Fitzgerald, it is really a fresh start again now for everybody and a yeah. fresh start with something to prove. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think any team can benefit from a bit of freshness and I know Shane's been involved with a lot of the team as well, so he's familiar with us all, which is great as well. Um, and I know that, you know, I feel he'll definitely give us everything and he's just highly passionate. So mm. I think I'm really, yeah, I'm really optimistic for um, the year ahead. Good to hear. No. You back with your club, Kinsale. I know how much you love playing for Kinsale. Um, and especially now that you're a senior football club, you got your championship campaign off to a very a winning start, but you were pushed to the pin of your collar by Clannacilty uh, in West Cork recently. How important was, was it to get a win on the board, especially when you're about to face Aerog? Yeah, no, that was definitely vital, especially, you know, it's the first match. You really need to get a win under the belt with when we knew we had Aerog and St. Thales ahead of us. Um, so we've this weekend and there's just always massive rivalry between us um, so hopefully now we'll get a win in that game as well but you know I feel this season as well with West Court not being there there's definitely an opening for any of the um, teams to get into the final um, so you know we're not just going to be there um, to compete we'll definitely be competitive and hopefully um, we can aim to get to the final this year yeah, you're right there because it is your particular group with Clonic Hilty, with Airog and with St. Fals and yourselves, it is very, very even. I mean, there's two teams yeah. to go through to the A semi finals, but even after this weekend it may not be it may not necessarily be decided. How how easy was it or how thankful were you after the disappointment of the All Ireland semi final to get back to your club, to get back to the roots and get and get playing again with the people that you've grown up with? Yeah, it's really nice. Um and I feel, you know, we can say it's very similar to Cork like we're all very um, do you know there's no egos we're very modest and we work together um, and it's really nice just to be back with the girls when when we're training with Cork I don't get to be training on the same night so I don't get to train with them at all mm. um, so yeah no it's really nice and I feel we have a really nice team and hopefully we'll be able to do it now this year Indeed, and let's just bring it back finally to, to that All Star nomination, the first time nomination for you. Um, how did the how did your schoolmates and your family react to the news? Oh, they were thrilled. Um, you know, when I got home, um, mom just gave me a massive hug. <laughs> but um, you know, they were delighted, and they said, um, you know, it was all well deserved and everything. So you know, it was really nice even for them because they've always been supporting me throughout the year. That is uh, Cy Valeri there talking to Jer about her nomination for an all-star. And that is us pretty much out of time for this evening. The very best of luck to the Republic of Ireland under-17s. A great Irish under-17s team. Should be a cracking game uh, kicking off in about three minutes' time now down in Turner's Cross uh, against North Macedonia. So best of luck to Colin O'Brien and uh, all the players there as well. That is us out of time. Stand by for Connor. He's on the way on green on red. And he's got uh, he's got some fella hosting with him as well um, who sings a lot of songs about being fake fine and so on Mr Robert Grace is in the house too Green on Red on the way The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM It's